uh, last Wednesday. Let's see if the uh, the interwebs keep up with the connection this week. Last week yeah. was horrible for me. I don't know what's up. Yeah, we're struggling, struggling today. I'm, today I'm struggling a little bit too. So hopefully we uh, we don't sound disrupted. But welcome to Shot of Digital Health Therapy Wednesday, Season Two, Episode Something. I don't know. What once we wrap up, press the stop button, and when I start putting it up, then. Uh, but I I I loved your tweet on the avatars versus right. real <laughs> the suggestion the suggestion do yeah avatar and, real versus audio <laughs> and of course and of course you know vishal and matthew have to be the critics um sure. you know i don't know what's up with i i get it vishal is probably jealous for not being on the show yet um yeah. matthew just a you know he's he's a what what is it a digital health curmudgeon right is that his title it's his but I, but I did get, uh, I mean, while, you know, I'm just going to spotlight some people that actually love seeing our faces. Um, so Aline, uh, she's in France right now. Elena from Bold Health in London. Thank you. Lisa Sunan, I think she's a fan as always. Um, Charles Wong from LA or wherever he's traveling. Nana yeah. from Berlin. And they all want to see our faces, man. This yeah, is great. Yeah, no. We went out, we beat our avatars. We get replace ourselves with robots soon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because we'll actually see at the end of today, um, I started using this plugin. So last, last week with Shafi, we tried this Lumi, Lumi AI or Lumi, yeah, the avatar company. Yeah. I'm actually using this macro.io, which sits on top of Zoom, and it's actually tracking how much who speaks. So we'll know who's the most vocal and I can take like follow up items and action items baked in and then I get an email at the end. It's fascinating. The email of the total, uh, the the, total. Yeah. So not transcription. It just says like who spoke the most and ranking them. And then, um, all the notes that I'm taking, like you can do action items, questions, takeaways, general notes. So let's see, I've been using my notepad before. Is it for like marriage counseling? You know, like, like <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Zoom is used for all kinds of sources. Um, you know, sp speak, speaking of uh, just healing, all right? Um, how, you, how are your push-ups going, man? I see your uh, every day. I'm knocking them out, man. I'm like, I think I'm, I'm day 11 today. It's I, I, I'm trickier than I thought. Trickier than I thought. Like just the sheer, like stay in the discipline every single day. You know, like I, I would have been. in your mind you would have you know you would have but staying here do it how's your how are yours going i i'm day 19 um you know I, honestly it's been fascinating the fact that like i'm actually kind of knocking them out i mean i remember day one i barely got through them honestly like barely <laughs> got through them so i might somebody uh actually th I, I think it was steve Sanchez, right i tagged him as well um and he's been doing them and he's like you know really working on a summer body and I was kind of joking around after the 25 days are over, I'm going to start tagging all of you guys for a hundred pushups for a hundred uh, sit-ups for a hundred days. So <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. And then we get a, a real, uh, real, uh, yes. adherent to it. But like the, you know, if we think about this whole, you know, everything that's happening, you know, how are you, how's your mood feeling? I know I do a check-in every week. Um, you know, last I, week I felt a little tight, like how, how's, how's the, 
Um, I mean, you know, obviously we're, we're all up and down throughout the day. We're human beings and some days you're feeling blue. Uh, I do like, I think, the sense of routine and, you know, Marina and I pretty much every day we actually do some kind of a workout. Like today, um, honestly, I, you know, we, st we walked together for like almost an hour and then I walked for another 50 minutes just doing stuff. Like it's not like unproductive. It's very productive time, but just like, you know, so I think... Yeah. That level of it, um, I'm, I started writing my book again. Uh, I had a burst of energy, um, you know, early on in the year, but um, and kind of decided to go somewhat public with it out there. And you're 40 pages deep, or did you go further? Uh, no, it's like I've been writing about half a page now and just thinking through the structure. I mean, my first time, you know, I'm used to quick tweets and, you know, little blogs uh, or whatever. But like, you know, sitting down and structuring actual real thoughts strategically of what it was to do. And actually, I'm, I'm going to try this. So uh, there's like, believe it or not, we have more subscribers to my book than to our show on YouTube. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to try to actually engage the, in the, the, the followers in uh, maybe like almost like writing it with me, right? Like if I pick a topic, like, uh, you know, which way should I go? I don't know. I, I'm going to figure out what's uh, yeah. it's unproduced right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Save the theme. Okay. So anyway, um, I know uh, maybe... Maybe uh, how how are you feeling, man? I'm always like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Yeah, no, we're like we've got Ireland. I feel pretty, I feel fortunate to be here right now. It's kind of like life feels pretty normal versus you know following my friends and family online. You know, we're you know we're we're kind of socializing with each other pretty distantly, so it feels good. Back at the office regularly, um, you know, business feels business feels pretty good. You know, so so knock on wood. You know, we're kind of everyone's waiting for the fall, but uh, feeling good. Awesome. Good. So, man, um, yep. this is really like uh, maybe you you introduce our next uh, guest. Uh, I've never met her at all, like not even from a distance and stuff. So I'm actually looking forward to how this is going to play out and work out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the serendipity of this one. So we have um, we have Nicole uh, Baker. Um, I got that right. Is going to be who's the CEO uh, and founder of a company called Biologic. Um, She's based out of Ireland. I think she's not from Ireland originally, but I'll let her kind of go through her background. Uh, and she's doing something pretty exciting around artificial intelligence, helping pharmaceutical companies um, deal with adverse events. But I, she, she posted online in the post, you know, and I, I kind of, we kind of, Ireland's a small scene. So she posted online, it kind of caught my attention. So I thought we'd get a total fresh guest that neither of us have met before. Oh, I didn't realize. So you, you never met her either. Cool. A little bit of interaction, you know, uh, emails and things like that. So, yeah. so this, this will be kind of truly unproduced. Let's see how, let's see how we get on. Love it. So I'm going to admit her. She'll tell me she met me before and I forgot. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Nicole I turned my, my camera on. I said I have a, a, um, a camera etiquette. If everybody has the camera off, my camera is off. If everybody has a camera on, and I was like, okay, maybe I need to turn you, it off. You know this is going to go on YouTube, right, Nicole? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've straightened my hair, and well, I was so going, going to, and I was going to wear a bikini. 
right, right. What, listen, whatever works. I mean, do you know the whole thing about the article that the, the just published that makes um, so healthcare professionals should not wear bikinis or take photographs on social no. media? And so, like, no, but you've 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 got me. Tell me about I've, it. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it trending, so maybe you filled Jim in. But uh, and then afterwards, we would love to hear your intro because this is a. <laughs> So what is it? So medics aren't allowed to wear bikinis. So there was a publication, an actual publication, saying that women, especially women surgeon, um, young, nearly qualified surgeon, wearing bikini on social media, that wasn't a good sign. And why? Because then people could see, could they say, okay, can I trust this doctor to operate for me to do some, you know, serious stuff if she's wearing bikini on the beach or having a drink with her friends? So they, they actually mind all the social media, a lot of um, girls, basically. And they managed to publish it. And the, the publisher, then they had to say they were really sorry that they didn't, you know, they didn't mean any bad by it. It was reviewed and it was peer reviewed and it was approved and, and published. Yeah. And now they say, oh, we, we retracted the article. But if you, if you type in and you try to see the article, the article is still there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. But and it's also, send, us, send us the link afterwards. Is bikini medic bikini or something like that it, it's a, that that's the, the hashtag it's a great way to start nicole the, the... <laughs> <laughs> yep but the turtleneck is in honor of my entrepreneurial <laughs> but it's pink <laughs> right got it got it okay so so before because we're anyway, you, you'll get us on the rabbit hole in that conversation when we have <laughs> trouble getting out but is that so but you're so you're a citizen you're a citizen of the world right you're originally give us your background where you're from the company a little bit so i just so i'm i was born in brazil and so i did my my undergrad in between brazil and germany and then i moved to so to the UK, to, to London, and I was in London for five years. Uh, and in Germany, I was on and off for, for five years as well. And I moved to Ireland in 2005. And okay. I've been here ever since. But, uh, okay. yeah. never, never going anywhere else? I am going. <laughs> I don't know where, but I am going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, and then quickly tell us about Biologic, what it, what it does, where, what stage you're at. So we are at the moment, we are spinning to Trinity College Dublin and we are one of the groups that is part of the ADAPT Center, okay. which is a center for technology for artificial intelligence in, in Ireland. And we are one of the, the, the groups, so we have about five, six people working with us. And what we do, we use artificial intelligence to help doing searches for adverse events for drugs in the right. literature but it could be social media it, it's looking in the real world um in general so social listening um pre-published articles peer-reviewed okay. articles and so on okay and how are you feeling about how good they're going to be with the adverse events from all these new these new medications coming out be good. It's we are quite good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We're doing well. <laughs> so the AI is doing well. Not we. I'm not. Like, <laughs> but the, the AI, the, the the model is doing quite well. And did I? I did some some digging on you because this is actually the first time. So usually we've had for the last. Well, we're in kind of middle of season two, whatever that means. Uh, but we've had 
generally people that both of us know or at least one of us have spent like you know face-to-face -face time so this yeah. is a little bit of an experiment for us but i mm -hmm. looked you up um and you're also an immunologist yeah i am so that becomes even more interesting we're talking about real world i don't like calling it evidence yet just real world it's data, data. data. Yeah. i agree with you so before you know it is data before it becomes evidence i completely agree with you so marrying your immunology background plus pharmacovigilance plus ai this is a hot space mm -hmm. i hope so <laughs> It is interesting, yes, and we have, uh, I don't know if I can say that yet, but we have been awarded an SFI grant to look at COVID-19 um, articles for the HSE, so we, we, we are going to, to use our skills and my immunology skills with the AI skills and pharmacovigilance skills awesome. to help uh, um, find interesting articles and, and, and um, yeah easier ways of searching for, for, for medical literature. And because you, you, were, you were working in a space doing kind of consultancy initially, right? For, from, and, and, then, and then you came up with this, you, and are, you, like, you set this company up on, a, is, that was a passion project and you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or like what inspired you to take the jump and join the ADAPT Center or? I think I always wanted, so it was, so I was in academia for many years, for about 10 years, but there was always a problem with funding, you know, you can only go so far and you can only be poor for so long and uh, I had a family and uh, I needed to, to have a more stable kind of life and be able to 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 support my family so then I so went you into went into the, a startup no. <laughs> no I went into the industry first I went no. into the industry I went into the industry I worked for another 10 years I saved some money when yeah. I was thinking about it, I was like can I have a sabbatical or will I start a company now that I can and I don't need to worry about anything else so then my passion for business and for kind of pharmacovigilance kind of screamed higher and said just give up you know give up your job and go into into business and see what happens and that's what happened and then like I quit my job beginning of last year okay, and I haven't been busier like I my real job you know yeah. my my paid job but uh, so far things have gone well and uh, between consultancy and uh, uh, um, biologists biology doesn't pay yes you know but it's a it's a it's it's a lot of fun developing a product as you know uh, you know it, it, it is it is it's not all about money and you, were about, pharma, you were in pharma before right like you we were yeah yeah okay and yeah it's funny i left because because we have like all reverse stories of leaving pharma and doing startups or whatever but like i remember I, I had a very, very good job that I spent years trying to, you know, build myself up to the farmer ranks. And um, I decided to set up my first company in Ireland. And so I had moved here from Boston. And I, so I went to my wife and I said, um, I said, you know, I'm done. I, I gave my resignation and I quit a very well-paid job. That was also- Wait, you, So hold on, you didn't talk to Emmy before this? Well, I've been- okay. You told her afterwards. <laughs> But I finally got, I was pushed to something. So I, so I said two things. So I said, you know, I, I, I left, you know, and, and she said to me, um, I'm pregnant. 
<laughs> so my my son is exactly the age of my first company, you know, there. And then and then and then people said, Well, why did you why did you leave? And I, you know, not to not I was I was given the the I was given the gift of a um of a real uh of a real asshole as a boss. <laughs> so I had no choice. I was no choice, so I had to move on, you know. <laughs> well they, what do they say? Uh people don't leave necessarily companies they leave their bosses right and yeah, yeah, and okay. the reverse is also true <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna have to edit this out now eugene <laughs> too late too late man there, and how, this is... how old is your son oh yeah my friend so he's 13 he's 13 that's my first company point of care and then obviously now i'm running health weekend um which i think you're familiar with yeah, yeah. did you have another child for the health weekend <laughs> No, no, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't, you know, it wasn't part of the deal. But anyway, so I, I, I appreciate it. And you find Ireland good for startups, ecosystem, digital health? How are you finding it? Tricky times. I, yes and no. I think we haven't, we haven't got to the point where we, we are raising money now. So I can't answer your question yet. But uh, um, I think it is, it is, a, it's a small place. Everybody knows everybody. And I think in at, at right now, I think it's a good thing I'm a woman, I think, because this this whole thing that tech and women, they don't really go together and we need more of them working. And I think that because I come from pharma and I come from an external kind of um, real world, uh, going back into academia to develop a, a startup, it's... It's, it's a different environment and, and it's a fun environment to be, I think, because uh, um, there's less pressure. Like they might think the opposite, that they have more pressure, but coming from, the <laughs> from, from, from Parma, it's actually less pressure where I am now. And um, less yeah, less so, pressure. So it sounds like you've been then uh, building this for what, a, a little over a year, a year and a half? So we started, so I started, I quit my job beginning of last year and then I have a co-founder who is the AI head and um, Bruno, he had a job and he didn't want to quit because he was like, I'm not going to quit my job for this. And then I said, you are. And I said, run some experiments for me and try a little bit harder and do more experiments and see if it works and proof of concept, make sure it works. And then um, it worked. And we got the, the, the commercialization fund to go into Trinity. And then he couldn't say no. He, he, he had to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the technology that you guys built actually worked. And, you know, we, we always talk, and I'm sure, uh, Jim, same thing, right? Like, when, when you actually have people using whatever you're building, right, it's just such a gratifying feeling. It's just such a gratifying feeling um, that it's no longer just a sketch or an idea or a thought or a project plan. This is like people are actually on it, using it. It shit works. Right? <laughs> yes. And I actually followed uh, Health Beacons from the beginning on LinkedIn and on the social media kind of thing. And when I and, and I posted a, a post on LinkedIn about it that I had received mine, I was so happy. It was like I was receiving a new doll when I was five years old. I was so excited. I was like, look at this. I've got a box. Wow. I've so got is a, this how a you guys spin. met? No, yeah. I met him before in the, in one of the, the, the startup days or like, well, you know, when you're starting up, you go to so many meetings. He probably doesn't remember me. But. Oh, okay. I do. 
<laughs> before you jumped in that's that's what he was saying he's like i i think i might have met it, but like i'm not sure but so i'm not as young as you nicole i'm not as young <laughs> you know in ireland ireland dublin is very small and when you're starting up you go to all those meetings um yeah. and eventually you're going to meet Right. the whole network of startups in like, in ireland yeah. was that through like the help 2.0 like what else the who was running the help 2.0 liam yeah i don't know like i know mike actually mike garrow our, our, our oh, mike. About, yeah he's involved in organizing it it's still going on i think you didn't go oh, yeah. to i don't know i I've, i'm too busy now to go to them i don't there's no more meetings anyway because of covid 19 but i haven't been to there's some yeah. other meetings but i'm uh, i'm uh, it gets to the so point where about, what are you thinking about for markets because you obviously you must speak german and portuguese and you probably picked up irish while you're here <laughs> no i i uh, no <laughs> Just, just English, yeah, <laughs> but I speak Portuguese, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so you're not, are you, are you doing the, the, anything in Portuguese in terms of the, um, the artificial intelligence? So we are, we are doing South America and we are planning to do all countries. So we're planning to do all languages and use machine translation. So we all into the machine. So machine okay. translation to do all the translations into English because the model can only read English. The model is not that clever yet. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. No That's fair. Yeah. But oh. we do get lots of publications in, um, most of the publications are in English, but we are kind of looking to go into um, Russia, China, Japan, um, you know, many, many, many options there because there's a lot of information everywhere. It's not only Europe and, and US and kind of English speaking countries where you can get information from. I mean, it sounds like you're following uh, COVID-19. Oh, damn it. You're not supposed to say these things. COVID-19 paths around the world. Yeah, there's a few. There's a lot of people working on it now, which is good. Yeah, but hopefully they will uh, will get somewhere, find um, either drugs that will work for us or or a vaccine. But yeah, I think yeah. in the meantime, we need to do a lot of research. So without without giving away the the secrets, right? The startup secrets. Like, um, I actually, I mean, I spent some years in pharma, just very few. I mean, I've been in health tech uh, for, for many, but um, to me, it was always kind of wild. I mean, there's obviously phone calls coming in from patients, right? And in thousands, um, like kind of where, where are you focusing with a company and like demystify it for me? I mean, we're just, you know, we're kind of talking at the bar sort of thing, right? Like ph pharmacovigilance, real world so data, like to be honest, we have no contact with patients. Uh, and that is sad, I think. And patients, they also want to have feedback from us to see what happens to what we do with their data. But the way it is right now is that you have a call center or you have a medical information phone line where patients will ring or write an email or, um, you know, it's either phone or emails. And then they will say what they have to say if they had an adverse event or if it's a product complaint or if it's a medical information that they want to know more about the product. And it gets all filtered and it's kind of answered according to 
to the medication that they are taking. And then if it is an adverse event, then it gets filtered into pharmacovigilance and it goes to the case processing team and they will process the case. And depending on the volume, if you think about volumes, like pharmacovigilance department of a big pharma are in the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. So then you have to analyze. not for, it depends what drug it is, but it is high volume. And then you need to use analytics to be able to analyze the data that you have received to make sense of it. Then we call it signal detection. So that's where you're going to do the analysis. So individual cases, they don't get analyzed. They get processed and medically reviewed, but you cannot make a, an assumption based on one case. So right. you will do a full analysis of all your data and then you would look for trends and you look at analytics and what is happening, why it's happening. Um, and then you have situations if there's a spike in cases um, that there was something on the media, for example, for example, I'm not going to use the word, uh, but for that drug, that probably that was a good. huge spike. <laughs> There was probably a huge spike on adverse events because more people started taking it in the not in the correct way or, you know, and then you, you get a spike or, or if there's a lot of um, uh, um, hype about a product or people start taking it off label, for example, then you, you, you do get a, a larger you, volume of cases coming in. Are you hearing anything in the community about our famous hydrochloroquine? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not even going to say that name. <laughs> uh, okay, I said it. I did it. <laughs> yeah, it is serious. And yeah. we should, you know, drugs are there for a reason. And yeah. we shouldn't be taking things that are not prescribed and approved and tested for, for certain conditions. So, between a poison in a potion or a medicine in a poison is dosing. <laughs> yeah. And all drugs are, are can be, you know, can cause yeah, harm. So even as like paracetamol can cause harm. Right. Any yeah. drug can cause I, harm. It, it's a wild space. Are there lots of like digital health uh, care startups that you've come across um, in the you know, kind of pharmacovigilance space that are kind of very focused on it? Or do you find yourself kind of unique in that area? I think we are unique in terms of we are doing pharmaco. We are the only group that is actually doing pharmacovigilance for pharmacovigilance. There are publishers that are trying to get, you know, they, they have a service to, to, to do literature search, but they are publishers. Their aim is to, to sell uh, articles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we are very specific doing what we're doing. We are, it's, it's, we are one of the, the, the companies that are, are IBM Watson, IBM they have tried, they have tried, but didn't go ahead. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm still trying to find out what, what they, they couldn't do that didn't work. But I just found out today that Microsoft also have this easy, have Google scholar, but you have Microsoft, uh, education or something like that, which is the same concept. And I only found out today. I think it's the most important, not to make you feel good about it, but I think it's the most important space in terms of pharmaceutical companies being able to integrate with digital healthcare assets is how they handle pharmacovigilance. Like it's the most, from a regulatory perspective and the fact that pharma companies, you know, they either have to take on this burden, this idea, you know, it's like feedback, you know, is the product working? Is it working the way? And then they have all this regulatory burden that makes it so clumsy. And so it's really hard for them to engage with patients without, you know, taking up costs or burden or risk to their brand. 
and you know that's why they need all kind of companies like Eugene's company and my company, your company, because you, you, you and I think the integration is very important because is the community and now with the portals, with a lot of health portals where the patients can have a one-to-one, -one, um, you know, a, 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 a video call with their physicians or with the pharmacists and all of that. And I think there is a huge opportunity there to include reporting of adverse events into those. Uh, um, portals right. because I don't think they are I don't know the ones that I've seen they weren't there and it is an opportunity to have it all integrated so you're talking to your doctor he's prescribing a new drug yeah you're taking the drug you're having follow-up consultation with your doctor and the doctor will ask how are you feeling and did you feel anything you know like did, did it work you know that's your opportunity to give the feedback straight away um yeah. through the portal uh, uh, that you're using in a safe you know because we have to think about gdpr and patient it's not only patient safety but data data safety or data privacy uh, uh, goes into is another issue but i think there is a lot of opportunities a lot of channels that could be uh, uh, looked at and i but i think the problem sometimes is is litigation that some companies are a little bit scared to kind of open too many doors and then end up in a, in a, in a because something but an adverse event is something expected most of the time right but companies or the legal team don't see it that way because it can lead to 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 litigation right right it's like saying it's like taking a migraine medication and then saying you have a headache you know, you know it's kind of like it's kind of like yeah that's why you're you know. <laughs> i mean you know if, if you think about it I'll, I'll, jim i liked your uh, sort of comment earlier i mean with phase three trials usually is what i don't know three thousand people four thousand five thousand right then and then you know ultimately after phase four it just kind of goes goes out there so if you think about it you know think about software or hardware and i know this we, we're talking about our bodies but like if you design something for 10 years you test it with just a few thousand people and then you release it, you're gonna get feedback, right? <laughs> um, and the world already has changed. Yes, our biology doesn't change that, that quickly, but so I, I just, I think it's still fascinating to me. And, and, and But it changes because you might get interaction with new drugs. So when you're testing a drug, you were looking at what kind of interactions that drug can have with the, but then you can have a new drug that comes to the market that, that will interact with the drug. And then you're talking about polypharmacy. So one person is not taking only one drug. One person could be taking one, two, three, four, and they're, you know, and then if they're not taking the right combination of drugs, they are agonistic, antagonistic, they are increasing the levels, decreasing, there's, there's so much. But Nicole, answer this for me. Like our biology must evolve. Like I feel like, like I'm watching, like, you know, now at like my age, I go out and Eugene and I are doing this push-up challenge, you know, we're um, doing a push-up challenge. And so... I'm down there pounding out push-ups every day. We're, we're happy I'm, to tag you as well, by the way. <laughs> and I'm and I'm staying the same. And then my my 18 year old son, who's kind of similar physique, you know, or was, you know, he does like 25 push-ups and he's got all these beautiful muscles and he's like fantastic looking, like in two seconds. Where I'm just like slightly less fat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Our biology must change or I get time, right? 
with age it does yeah it does change yeah we do change and there's a lot in terms of pharmacovigilance if you go back like talking about children and and teenagers and then we can go to mothers and pregnant women there's so much that we don't know about you know if you were pregnant and you don't know what drug you can take there's very because nobody wants to do clinical trials on pregnant mothers you know like will they test something that they don't know so it's in children is the same thing and um and i think there's a lot of opportunity we still when we think oh we found everything and we we kind of um evolving in terms of um our own biology and and the, the, the medical world but there's still a lot that needs to be looked at and we need to be smarter in the way we look at it and there are lots of good drugs out there that could be repurposed as well that's something that you know drugs that nobody carries anymore because they're too cheap and they lost their patents and things like that and i say oh we don't care about that because it's not we're not making any money but there are a lot of very very good drugs that could be repurposed if you do the right experiments right like i remember we were testing we were testing like in one of the companies i worked for i won't name it but we were testing um for a new um you know ed erectile dysfunction drug you know on you know in, in, on the monkeys and then we found that they were losing weight you know and so we then we found out we had a weight loss drug and so but they weren't getting very excited <laughs> so that, no. oh, they, they might have been getting excited about weight loss but <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, but they are. Yeah, as that that's one one way. Yeah, you can find out things uh, that drugs do without looking for it. Exactly, exactly. It's so fascinating. Um, but even like you know, we talk about kind of digital therapeutics, right? Uh, and uh, you know, that as a therapy, right? Think of it as a digital drug for a second. You know, same thing, right? It has impact. Like, I don't know if I'm using this uh, app and I don't know, color red gets me excited, but somebody else, it's a downer, right? Like, how does that impact? How do you measure that in real world? Um, so it's just all of this complex. Man. Yeah, what about these ear pods? You got to like the adverse events on these things must be enormous, right? Like that, that's medical device so that, that we're going into different legislation and regulation there for medical <laughs> devices. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> which is another hot topic to be honest but it, it is a little bit different from 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 uh, medical uh, with drugs they're slightly different but it is another very hot topic although but it's not that's not medical unless you're using it for yeah for, i guess we are dealing with human bodies right so we should be paying quite a lot of attention to what goes inside them and what do we do to the outside but that's interesting so how do you i know we're over time right but like how do you feel about like when all these new medications that are coming so take like you know like proteus you know that you ingested something and you're taking it with a medication and then you have probably similar adverse event you know group but if you take things like um like this new video game was it achille Eugene? achille yeah. yeah yeah you know so you have this that you know that's used for attention deficit disorder or mm -hmm. i think in children and then do they, as they get approved, and they probably get approved more as a medical device, right? So that's their approval basis. But, you know, and then you look at music, like what's the area, like if you, if you, if you look at something that's say maybe taken in combination with a medicine, like, so, you know, if you're doing the game for attention deficit disorder and you're also taking, you know, Ritalin or, uh, you know, a, a something, a serotonin blocker or something, you know, like, like, you know, where's the adverse, like that's a real whole area that's probably not 
well thought through. Yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't thought about it. How do you compare, for example, uh, uh, traditional therapies with non-traditional, let's say, non-medicinal therapies, like, as I said, music or video game? And it is an interesting point. And I think you, you are... You're onto something there. Like it, it's, it's just, it just gave you another <laughs> revenue stream potentially. So you know, exactly. uh, go go to like Spotify's of the world, right? But uh, but Jim, wow, th this was amazing. Did you just call like you were the timekeeper? I was just fascinated with this discussion. So I'm usually the timekeeper, Nicole. Uh, yeah, but we yeah. we are, we are um, like an old married couple here. Time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any. Any other thoughts of wisdom, Nicole? Like what, what did you learn? What was like the biggest lesson learned coming into like startup world? Just curious. It's, it's to make connections and talk to people and um, learn because you learn a lot and you start listening. And that's something that I didn't do very much before because I was, you know, I was in a position where I was the one doing most of the talking and lecturing and things like that. So it, it, it didn't occur to me that I had to listen to people, but I think in, in the startup world, you yeah. meet a lot of people and you have to learn to, to listen to people and to take in things and, 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 and connect, connect, connect. It's very important to, to connect and, and take, and if somebody offers you help and say, can I introduce you to so-and-so and you say, yes, please do. And that's something that I wouldn't do before. And now if somebody says, I'm going to introduce you to so-and-so, I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> please. <laughs> I still love my serendipity calls, but um, hey, listen, I, I think this experiment worked, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, yeah, great. You're, you're, I'm still trying to figure out your accent, right? I, it's like, I don't really know where it's from. Like, I know you described your background, but I, it's like such a great mix of all. Portuguese. Yeah, it's Portuguese. Yeah, but Portuguese from Brazil is different from Portuguese from Portugal. So, yeah. but I lived in. I think people say I have a, a bit of a German accent with Irish now and kind of. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have a bit of a German. fascinating <laughs> German. So on, on that on that note, let's call this uh, week a wrap. It was wonderful Thank to get you. to know you, Nicole. Um, and uh, for the viewers and listeners, um, you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or the follow on Spotify, Apple, and whatever else you're using. What are we and at? get um, so on YouTube where we went up like a few from last week, so ninety five, maybe ninety four. We're almost at I'm one of them. I've clicked right. the button. <laughs> now, now that we're going to put yours out, you're going to tell all your friends to go subscribe, right? I so will. Yeah. Excellent. Five more, and then we get to 100. I know what that means. I know. That's a whole bulk. Then we go exponential to 1,000, <laughs> and that's when we're in Joe Rogan's territory. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Have a good rest of the week, people. Thank you. Thanks very much.